Before I get started on today's Mortcast, which is a CSG special, uh, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Moisee, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, right in the middle of the dairy block, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field. Do you like wine? Do you like Pinot? Do you like any sort of variant of wine that you can think of within reason? Blanchard has it. Um, it's a place where you can go to sit and enjoy a couple of glass or three of wine. Be sure and take a, uh, a ride-sharing uh, um, car or a cab to your time there if you're going to indulge. But if you're going to like enjoy the experience, go to the beautiful Dairy Block and experience um, what really is the what I think is the premier um, wine winery. Uh, in Colorado, or not in Colorado, well, in Denver. It could be Colorado, too. It's give you the ex- experience of, of having a family winery without having to drive 250 miles to Denver or, you know, fly to California or to Europe or something like that. This really is a truly great experience uh, in the process of uh, making uh, making wine, and uh, the, the staff is great. The staff is tremendous. I, I was there uh, a couple months ago, and I love the vibe, and it really impressed me. So, uh, once again, they're on Inst- Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. They are located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Moisee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, right in the middle of the dairy block. When you go in, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. You can forget about Stephen King. Kane outsells them all. I need to know if he's alive or dead, and I need that book. It's a setup. It's a setup. I just have to work out how it's set up. Kane's writing has been known to have an effect on his readers. See this? It's a map. This whole thing has been staged. You just get out. This is not reality. It's all happening for real, Travis. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, which is, this is a CSG special uh, focusing on the movie In the Mouth of Madness. Um, Possibly my favorite John Carpenter film. Um, It was done in, uh, it was was filmed in late 1993 into 1994, uh, and this is widely regarded as John Carpenter's last good last last good movie. I mean, honestly, I think it's among his best. It's an extremely underrated movie, and it's one of those movies where you have to watch it repeatedly. Um, it, is, it is one of those movies that really, um, there's subtlety to it that goes well beyond just what you think is... Uh, the surface, and that is probably one of the reasons the movie didn't do well. Um, to lead up to this, uh, John Carpenter had uh, come off the movie uh, in Memoirs of an Invisible Man, uh, which with uh, uh, Chevy Chase, and that movie did okay. Um, it, it's actually among Carpenter's better uh, financial movies. 
um, and he wanted to do something else that something that that tickled his fancy. And uh, there was a script that came to him in the late '80s called "In the Mouth of Madness." It was uh, written by Michael DeLuca, and uh, DeLuca really wanted Carpenter to direct. And Carpenter, uh, at the time, I believe this was right around when he was making "They Live" or right after he made "They Live," um, declined. Well, after in Memoirs of an Invisible Man, uh, Carpenter re- revisited the script of In the Mouth of Badness and decided to put it to to work. Um, one of the one of the more striking things about this movie is how well he cast the movie outside of maybe Julie Carmen, but we'll, I'll discuss that in a second. Um, this is one of John Carpenter's better cast movies, specifically with Sam Neill. Um, Sam Neill, as we all, as we all know, uh, is a, uh, great actor. Um, and part of my, one of my personal favorites, he, he's a, a New Zealand actor and, uh, Sam Neill, uh, developed a friendship with, uh, John Carpenter on the set of the movie Memoirs of an Invisible Man. And, uh, they decided they needed to work together again, and Carpenter did the movie, uh, TV movie, Body Bags for HBO, which was a series of vignettes, uh, uh, that two of which he directed, and uh, but he kind of stitched the whole movie together, and then after he com- completed that in 1992, um, he came to this movie, and his first choice to play uh, uh, John Trent, the main character, is was obviously Sam Neill, and Sam Neill immediately agreed. Um, and Sam Neill, uh, for his for his part, thinks that this is one of his best movies. Um, it really is a horror in the H.P. Lovecraft vein. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with H.P. Lovecraft, um, he very much was about um, the indescribable. Um, cosmic, not merely horror, but cosmic indi- beings of, in a cosmic world who are completely indifferent to the to humanity, uh, and uh, that horror being indescribable and people's descent into madness. H.P. Um, Lovecraft uh, wrote no, uh, short stories anywhere between the late teens into the thirties, and. Um, didn't was never really successful until his stories were never successful until after uh, he died. Um, so he, this movie is extremely. I this is probably I would say one of the best in the style of movies uh, featuring H.P. Lovecraft. Um, it really captures a lot of. Lovecraft's uh, ovure and brought it into uh, the 90s when this was uh, filmed. And it really is a movie that you have have to, as I said, absorb. Um, Carpenter managed to pull in uh, Charlton Heston to play uh, Jackson Harglow, uh, the the publisher of Arcane, which is the publisher of Sutter Kane, the, the the main antagonist, uh, in a manner of speaking, in this in this movie is uh, uh, Sutter Kane, and uh, how it starts is uh, John Trent is an insurance investigator who is sent, who is hired by uh, the insurance company to investigate a claim laid by Arcane Publishing uh, when uh, their when their 
lead author and the biggest author of the century, um, Sutter Kane, goes missing. And this movie really centers around John Trent and his uh, decaying mental state gradually as he uh, discovers what the true... Um, horror is behind Sutter Kane's novels. And um, uh, Jurgen Prochnow plays Sutter Kane, and he only has a small part in the movie, but it's really, really good. Uh, Julie Carmen uh, has moments where she has passable acting and awful acting. And if you ever watch the movie, you will see. But uh, her Linda Stiles is the, uh, the is kind of uh, sent along as uh, John Trent's ho- uh, cohort on this uh, investigation into. Um, where the disappearance of Sutter Kane and, and Julie Carmen's acting is not great. But outside of Julie Carmen, really the entire cast, even Bernie Casey at the beginning as the insurance comp- in the insurance company guy, uh, is exquisitely cast. It's prob- like I said, it's probably John Carpenter's best casting, and it's among his some of his best directing. Um, and the journey that he takes you on on this movie is is unsettling. It's not what I would ever call a scary movie, but it is a horrific movie. I would equate it to um, Amnesia, the Amnesia series. Um, the first Amnesia game was horrific. Was was well was more scary. The second game, uh, Amnesia: Machine for Pigs, was more. Uh, the horror of what is you're finding out about what happened rather than uh, experiencing jump scares and all that stuff. It, it was a completely different experience. And this is more along those lines. This movie is a movie you have to discover. Uh, it's a movie that you have to really absorb. Um, it really borrows, as I said, heavily, heavily, from themes of H.P. Lovecraft. And in fact, a couple parts of the movie uh, are direct quotes from H.P. Lovecraft novels. Um, where it really where it really kind of excels is this creeping, and it really is creeping, feeling of dread as you progress through the movie and as you are in uh, Sam Neill's shoes. Um, Sam Neill is this character who is a no-nonsense, is skeptical of everything, and he plays it with his t- Sam Neill's, uh, Sutter, uh, John Trent's, uh, his, the character, Sam Neill plays it with his, his usual wry sense of uh, humor and wit, and it really kind of lends a humanity um, to a movie that is extremely creepy, and the creeps increase, and then it kind of results in what happens at the end. As, as always, I do not spoil movies in these things. I will give you a basic overview, but I will not spoil the movie. So if you really want to find out more about the movie, go to Amazon and rent it. Uh, I, I highly suggest it. It's very good. Um, the, the, one of the best parts about the movie is that at the beginning, there is this kick-ass um, rock song that's playing while these books are being printed. Um, that movie, that score was, uh, that part was composed by John Carpenter, and um, uh, oh man, who was his co uh, we'll get it here in a second uh, Jim Lang um, John Carpenter, Jim Lang 
And uh, what happened there was he initially wanted Metallica to come in and do a Metallica song for the movie. Uh, Metallica declined. And uh, he turned to himself to make this, this rock tune. Now, if you know of, of uh, Carpenter, he's not a rock guy. Uh, he doesn't have any rock songs in his, uh, in his movies. It's all heavy electronic, uh, heavily synthetic um, uh, scores. Um, Ennio Morricone, uh, famously for the movie uh, The Thing, um, copied uh, John Carpenter's style and made one of the best scores of all time for a movie, but that's another story. Uh, but there's this rock, kick-ass rock down, and I and, and the movie half the movie is great just for that song at the beginning. Um, it's really, really, really fun. It's a fun way to begin a movie that is going to be increasingly creepy. Um, like I said, this is considered to be John Carpenter's last good film. Uh, the following year, he uh, made the movie remake of the movie Village of the Damned. It bombed. Um, two years after that, he made uh, John Carpenter's Vampires, another movie that's considered to be awful. It bombed. And then he made uh, the movie... Uh, oh, excuse me, in between that, he made Escape from L.A., which is one of his worst movies. Uh, never should have tried to do a sequel to <laughs> to that. Um, but uh, And then he made his final movie as a studio uh, um Director, he made Ghosts of Mars, which is one um, I've ever watched in my life. Um, and then it took him another ten, basically ten years to uh, to direct a a small uh, movie called The Ward, um, which he uh, did released in 2010. It was an okay movie, but it really wasn't up to snuff with the rest of his stuff. Um, really. 1990, early 1994, late 1904, and early 1995 is where John Carpenter, as a director, ceased. This was his probably the last good movie, and then the movies he made after that. Depending on, I mean, I happen to like Vampires. Um, I think that's a fun movie. Um, the Ward is okay. Um, he directed uh, something called Body Bags. No, excuse me, not Body Bags. Um, there was this show on HBO called uh, uh, Masters of Horror. And uh, horror directors would do these hour and fifteen minute long, you know, movie kind of movie esque things, kind of, all like episodes. And John Carpenter went in and did a, a uh, one called Cigarette Burns, which was actually very good and very creepy. Um, but this one is uh, really he went into what is now known as his dark period, and now he's. Hasn't made a movie since 2010. Uh, he's, for all, for all intents and purposes, retired from directing. And he now uh, just tours as a musician playing his scores for people. Um, he does not do uh, uh, movies. Um, he keeps saying that he will do, he will uh, direct a movie when one tickles his fancy, but one doesn't get the feeling that he is interested anymore. Which is kind of sad because uh, John Carpenter is one of my favorite directors, and if he had stopped with In the Mouth, In the Mouth of Madness, uh, his collection of movies I think would stand up against a lot of di- a lot of uh, directors that you can think of today. As a guy who does his own scores, does his own, uh, largely does his uh, the story ideas come from him, and uh, directs. And I mean, it is the man is a, an auteur in an era where everything is kind of produced. So, 
Anyway, I highly suggest you go out and watch In the Mouth of Madness. It is a great, great, great horror, creepy horror movie. One of my personal favorites. Um, I hope you enjoy it. And I will be talking to you very shortly on a regular Mordcast on CSG. Thank you.